This podcast is supported by Siemens, your partner for industrial-grade AI. Hello, everybody, and welcome to a new episode of our Industrial AI Podcast. My name is Robert Weber, and today my guest is Anna-Maria Brunhofer Pedemonte from Impact AI. Welcome, Anna-Maria. Hi, thanks, you, Robert. We met at an event in Linz a few weeks ago, and you told me about your new approach, about a new tool. We talked about AI products ops. What is it? Yeah, right. So, yeah, it was great that we met there in Linz. It's really currently our newest baby, Impact AI, with which we develop AI product ops. And you can think of it as an additional layer on top of ML ops, on top of data ops. It's AI product ops really looking at your AI product's health, evaluating it, monitoring it. If you want, it's kind of an observability for AI product managers. And it gives them insights on how to create the best AI product with the biggest value, the most responsible AI product, but also just really a functional one. So, yeah, a new tool for an AI product manager. What means health of the AI product? We see health in, in different categories. So one very important statistic that, that I always like to bring up is that 89% of AI investment within the last years went straight into the bin, right? So there was no value created whatsoever. And I think that's something that all of us in the ML area are, are kind of guilty of. It was very often, ML was very often something AI that, that we looked at in the lab and we thought, okay, later it will go in an application layer, maybe or maybe not. <laughs> so even more so than in other areas, AI was often something which just existed because it was possible or, or, or one wanted to find out whether it's possible to do this thing. That's not necessarily healthiest in a sense of product health. So for the product, really AI needs to be useful and it needs to be usable. That's the most important part of it. So you start from a user perspective. This kind of also leads back to my HCAI background, looking at the human-centered AI first, thinking about, okay, How can I make AI that is really for the end user, the most useful thing? Maybe it's not AI. All of us know not always AI is the solution. But, but if it's AI, then, then how can I make it that it's useful and usable? Because in the end, this also creates value for the business. And that's the important part. So healthy is, to one hand, definitely value creation. You want to make sure that the unit economics are okay. You want to make sure that the ROI is something that makes sense for the business. On the other hand, healthy also means functional. And this goes maybe a bit more in the MLOps direction, saying, okay, is it live? Can I call it, right? Is it operational? Like, is, is it still there? So when I do start using the tool in the development process or after the development process? Mm -hmm, definitely. Like best practice would be in the development process. Mm -hmm. Because you want to have an iterative process to, to understand how am I doing? How you can think of us is like the metrics that you would normally look at in the MLOps category, we translate them into success factors for more the 
product managers or, or sometimes it's also technical product managers. And these people often are data scientists or ML engineers, at least in training, very often still in their jobs. So we focus currently on LLM applications and these people, they would most likely have a first project where they can show a first prototype where they can show, okay, it runs. I was able to reg it with my own data. So now when they understood the way how to, how to reg it, how to build it to some extent, then what a product manager or a technical product owner would do latest then they would think of the metrics that are the success factors. So what will make or break my product? Um, what are the most important things I want to measure now for, for example, this chatbot? And this can be accuracy, this can be utility, but in some cases it can also be empathy or, or wittiness, right? If you want to do a very witty chatbot. <laughs> so it's more a business approach for product manager than a technical approach as MLOps. What we do is, I would say we mix this. What's important is that our tool is as no-code as possible because there are some product managers who don't have an ML engineering background. And we want to be really useful for this creation of the AI product. At the same time, there is a quite technical approach behind, and that's the hard thing for AI product managers. They need to have an understanding about the build in machine learning, about evaluations. They need to have an understanding of these things. That's what makes it a hard job because you have to kind of bridge business and tech as an AI product manager. And that's what our tool does. We bridge both. We have automated evaluation and monitoring for LLM-based applications. And that lets you basically have the evaluation under control, but in a no-code way. Mm -hmm. Okay. How did you come up with the idea? Because when we first got in contact, I think two years ago, there was something different with your company, right? Mm -hmm. Oh, I think it was even three years ago. Oh, three years ago, yeah. <laughs> it was a long time ago that I also follow your podcast. So what drives me since, since a decade is this HCAI approach, this human-centered AI. And when we first got in contact, I worked on AMB technology which was really um, a project to create a horizontal platform for human data and everything, everything human for AI, kind of. That's how you can think of it. And there was like, the idea was to have the best model to detect humans, the best model to reconstruct them from 2D to 3D. Very, very technical approach. And what we realized on the way is that our customers are on the one hand, a bit far away from deploying these models because there were so many safety and safety questions and also compliance questions to some extent. And on the other hand, the vision of us was always to make AI truly assistive for humans so that humans can be safe, efficient, and secure. And this was... A very good vision, but we realized the companies don't really know what that means. Mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> so the biggest learning of AMB technology was definitely to understand that our users are asking us, wait a second, like, how can I measure that something is good? How can I measure that something is safe? How can I make sure that my product is compliant? How can I make sure that my 
that my AI product makes sense here. And do you compare it to different approaches in the company? Or is there a benchmark or, or something? How do you measure that? On the one hand, in a general way. So there are community-based standards of benchmarking that are accepted by the community. By which community? The ML community or yes. the product manager community? No, no, thank you. Definitely the ML community. Like this, these things are definitely still at the, at, at the developer and data scientist level, if not even sometimes at the researcher level. But we think that for product managers, it's important, again, to understand and to be able to at least use and read these benchmarks. And that's what we enable them to do. And so we integrate and we automate these processes, basically. You can think of it when you now created the first draft of your LLM-based application. Most likely it's a chatbot. Maybe it's a companion. And we access your API and we, we basically have automated testing against your models that are regged. Most likely you have a regged version. And we have an automated testing against this model. And the data output of that is, is unstructured, right? The data output, we classify it further. And we, we basically put it in the metrics that are interesting based on these, let's call it community standards or research standards that the ML community have accepted as of now. And we also give you the, the possibility as a company, though, or as a as an engineer, as a product manager, to define some of your own metrics. Currently, we are a bit more rigid than in the future because currently we allow to you like the more the community-based metrics. But in future, we open up more and more and more to your individual ones. Um, I think three sentences before you mentioned the topic compliance, and when I searched through your through your website, there was. Manager, govern, align are three keywords. Is the tool also linked to a future certification process when it comes to the AI Act? Mm -hmm, definitely. Like on the govern for us, governance is a is a big umbrella that basically allows you, and you can read governance in different ways. But we do it that way that that we will say governance allows you to have to create the right structure. Again, the healthy structure, a high quality structure for your AI product. And you will want to be compliant, right? It's important that your product is compliant. Otherwise, the value goes in the bin again. We are not aiming to be a certification company. That's not what we do. That's a pretty hard job. Yeah. <laughs> But what you can think of us is like the, the fitness center where you constantly understand how am I doing and If I make a certification now, am I good or am I completely off, right? So you can think of us as in this fitness center plus a training to be continuously ready. And we talk with um, certification companies. There are, there are quite some popping up. A lot. Right. <laughs> it's a new, new gold rush. Yeah. Right. Correct. <laughs> also in, in America, there are many auditors. Um, yeah. Yeah. You went to the USA, I think, one week ago. Is there also a gold rush in certification? Definitely. Again, more in auditing. I would, I would think there are more auditors. Because in, in states like New York, there are first laws or AI HR solutions that you have to really be audited once a year. So this starts, it's, I think, on a different level than in Europe. Because in Europe, looking from America at Europe all the time, I see that many, many startups here in Europe would, would really have governance and compliance as the first, first value proposition of their, of their startup. Whereas in 
Whereas in the US, you, you can't, you can find one basically. And this one is, is already around for, for quite a time. So it's broader. You can find auditors, but you can also find people who say governance. Don't talk to me about governance. So your target group are product manager of AI products, but which industries do you see as a customer? We are quite horizontal. Um, we see that industries should most likely be prepared in a sense of some industries made their steps in digitalization the last years better than other industries. So partly, I would say automotive, pharma, health tech. They have their data under control, also financial industries. They, they have first learnings in ML risk and they, they have their structure ready. But also customers with whom we are always very, very happy is um, telecommunication and infrastructure. And interestingly, media. Also media is quite prepared. What I have to do before I can use your product? What is, what is my homework I have to do before I can use it? What's important is you really need to understand that you want to deploy an AI system and most likely an LLM-based application. And that might sound weird now, but, but really many who reach out to us are not <laughs> sure about it. They're like, oh, we currently would like to understand what value, what value, what use cases could be valuable within our business units and how can the lawyers be more efficient, for example, right? So that's not where you talk to us. This is really, that's that's way too early. And that's like looking around. The ones who, who talk to us, they have a very, let's say, enlightened data scientist or ML engineer, or sometimes even a platform architect who understands that the application that they currently tried out, that they want to push it to deployment and that they want to bring it to the user. And they do realize that they cannot do it I like one of our customers, he said, an ML engineer, he said like, oh my God, I'm so happy I found you because the last weeks I was working on this generative AI application and I felt like no engineer who's somewhat sane would deploy this without understanding and the observability, like without understanding what this thing even does. And... <laughs> I really like this because we gave him so much motivation to continue because he felt like I saw, I saw in the group and I saw with him that they felt like, okay, it works really well, but there are some hurdles, obviously, that we just need to control. And the first step of controlling is making it visible as in the product, um, understanding how it would behave if it's out there with the user. What's the feedback of the user? And so we gave him the tool to do that. Uh, and that really gave him a motivation. So that's the right moment when you realize you built something which has a potential, but you understand that you need to understand it more and you need to control it more and, and that you can't just put it in the hands of any user with, yeah, and still sleep at night. <laughs> when we talk about industries, industrial approaches. There are a lot of tools they can use and product manager can use a lot of tools, has to, has to handle a lot of tools. How do I integrate the tool into my tool, let's say, landscape? So we're very, like, we're very API driven in a sense of um, we do understand that, that you want to pull information from left and right. This is also by design because an AI product manager, if you think of their job leading the product, then they have to communicate with so many different people from very different departments. And now even 
compliance law and all of this policy will even be integrated, which is hard. That's super hard. So we think also in our software, it's important that we mirror this and give API access to many tools that are already in use. So we would integrate to ML ops, integrate to some data ops. We do integrate to Jira, for example, right? So if, if you think of the product manager's old job to look at tickets, <laughs> then we integrate that. But we just also believe that this is not the true empowerment that, a, that an AI product manager needs, like an AI product manager, the fulfillment of an AI product manager is not Jira, right? The fulfillment of an AI product manager will be really to, to have a tool where he can pull information and push requests in a very easy way so that, so that, that the product can just be built faster and the go-to-market is easier. Anna-Maria, can it be tested by our listeners what they have to do? Yes, definitely. They can go to www.impact.ai slash access. And then I have to fill my address and my data and then I can test it. Yes, we currently have beta testers. We welcome anyone, no matter how big the size of the company or if it's an individual contributor. We sometimes even have like single ML researchers who have a medical background because The only, the only thing is you really currently need to look at LLM-based applications or multi-model generative AI applications that you want to have a better, a better control on and that you want to manage better. So, so that's where we come in. If you're far away from that, then still sign up. We keep you in the loop. And when you're ready, you will be onboarded. What are your next steps in your team with your product? What do you have to improve? There are many things if you now talk to me about our feature roadmap. What we do, and that's, I think, a very important part with the beta testers and, and with the first customers that we work with, um, we go with them through our feature lists and we do actively show them, look, guys, this is what we are planning. How, how much sense does that make to you? Like, what, what is it that, that you would tell us that's most pressing to you? that we could solve tomorrow. And that's very interesting because on the one hand, we, we see that we really make our evaluation and monitoring more robust. On the other hand, big enterprises often ask them for, for the next step to, to also guide them with information, basically with our AI agent on the platform to say, okay, I understand I'm off in accuracy. What could be a next step? Like what's a suggestion for a next step now? Um, and that's something we definitely look into. Yes, but at the same time, the user is always in the center of our design, the end user. So we also allow for some feedback requests in our features having offensive and defensive feedback for AI built in. And that's kind of on our, on our roadmap. Anna-Maria, it was a pleasure. Thank you very much. All the best for the next step with your product and with Impact AI. And greetings to Linz. Thank you, Robert. Bye. Bye-bye.